Hello everybody, my name's Darren and I write a blog called The Demon's Voice about movies and shit like that. You can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.com and also on Twitter at demonsvoice, of which you should definitely follow me because why the fuck not? Sorry, it's been a while since I did a podcast. I, uh, I'd like to say it's because I've been, you know, inundated with pussy, as they say. <laughs> uh, or, you know, women, as, as actual humans say. But that is sadly not true. I was talking to one uh, quite recently who asked me if I had to give up music or travelling, which would I give up? And obviously she was only asking me that so she could then brag about how she likes to travel because that's all that people that travel like to do. Um, I think that, honestly, people that like to travel just do it because they think having a passport is better than having a personality. But I said I'd prefer to give up travel because, you know, I hear music all the time. I hear it in movies, I hear it in work, I hear it when I'm travelling, you know, from the house to the work, not to other countries so I can tell you about the fucking waterfalls that I've seen. Um, And she said that she would rather give up music because she loves travelling so much, obviously. And I said, yeah, but... You know, in the future, they'll probably make virtual reality that is as good as traveling, where it makes you feel like you're already there. And she said, no, they'd never be able to do that. They'd never be able to make virtual reality as realistic as actual real life. And I said, well, yeah, in the future, they might. Like, you know, if they plug stuff into the back of our heads, like the Matrix. And she said, no, it would never be as good as real life. And I said, like, real life right now, that could, this could be virtual reality for all you know. And she went, well... I can't prove that that's not the case, but even if this real life is a virtual reality, I don't think that this virtual reality would be able to create another virtual reality that's as good as it is itself. And I said, you don't think, you believe that this is a virtual reality, but you don't believe that this virtual reality could replicate itself within itself to convince you into thinking that you're somewhere that you're not. And she said, no. And I said, you're a fucking idiot. Anyway, so no, I haven't been seeing girls or anything. My Mac broke and yeah, I've just got a new one. So that's why I've not really recorded anything for a while. Anyway, we're talking about The Irishman now. So I guess I'll crack on with uh, talking about that. So uh, sit back and enjoy. Cheers. I squeezed a blob of mayonnaise onto my chips the other day and ended up sinking into a full-blown existential crisis. What the fuck is the point in being alive, I wondered. At the most basic level, it's to pass on my genetics by having children, right? But if that bottle of mayonnaise had cost me a couple of quid, then each small blob would have been worth a fraction of that overall price. Obviously. But to pay for that bottle, I'd had to go to work where I'd exchanged a percentage of my very limited time on this planet for the life coupons that we call money. The mayonnaise may have only cost £2, but that cash was a representation of the life that I'd given up to acquire it. Each blob that went onto my chip suddenly felt like a manifestation of all that I am, have been, and ever will be. Is that too dramatic a claim? Because that mayonnaise was a condiment that I'd apparently decided was more important to my very existence than literally anything else that I could have been doing with that time that it had cost me. So maybe the point of life is for me to shoot a couple of kids out of my dick, but whether you're having a child or buying a bottle of mayonnaise, it seems that you're only going to end up squirting your fucking life away regardless. Unfortunately, this psychotic way of viewing the world has only gotten worse since I watched Martin Scorsese's latest film, The Irishman. Reteaming with his old muse, Robert De Niro plays Frank Sheeran, the real-life hitman that eventually claimed to have been involved in the disappearance of the American labor union leader, Jimmy Hoffa. I don't mean to spoil things either, but when it's from the director and star of Goodfellas and Casino, I'm sure you can imagine what is meant by disappearance. 
The code that's used for killing a person in this movie is to paint houses. So when being introduced to Sheeran, Hoffer inquires, I hear you paint houses, which is his way of asking if Sheeran is essentially a hitman. If you associate with this crowd and actually do want your house painting though, I have no idea what you're meant to ask for. It'd be pretty annoying if you'd hoped somebody would redo the colour of your living room, only to find that you'd accidentally pay to have your family's brain shot all over the fucking wall. I guess this use of code isn't unique to them though. I once saw a short film online in which a man dressed as a plumber arrived at a lady's house, and it turns out that do you want me to hand pump your shit pipe is a euphemism too. Who'd have thought? All of that really does simplify The Irishman though, which spans several decades, so it's three and a half hours in time. How fucking long is it, I hear you ask? Yeah, three and a half fucking hours long. Or as I call that now that I'm in my 30s, four fucking toilet breaks. We see Frank in the army in his 20s getting involved with the Mafia, rising through their ranks and ultimately becoming an old man alone in a retirement home. Suddenly my life being represented by a blob of mayonnaise seems even more fucking pathetic. You've probably also heard at this point that how this man's vast life is depicted here is by having Robert De Niro play him throughout the entire movie and then using our modern techniques to make him look younger. The CG techniques, I mean, not the baby foreskin thing. Have you heard about that? It's nothing to do with this film, but apparently we're now putting babies' discarded foreskins into beauty cosmetics and then rubbing them onto our faces to stay younger looking. If a future super race ever adapts the history of planet Earth into a movie, then at what point do you think it'll be revealed that our species is the fucking monsters? I reckon it'd be a scene in which somebody asks a chemist for the penis facial and he responds by spaffing in their face. Can't a person just get a jar of baby dicks without having to deal with the fucking perverts? Some people have criticised the de-aging techniques in this movie as looking a little too much like a computer game cutscene, although, as we've just discussed, there are definitely more controversial ways that we're de-aging people that could probably do with some criticism first, unless you're actually suggesting that this movie would be better if we overdosed Robert De Niro's forehead on fucking smashed up children's dicks. But I personally thought that the movie did a pretty good job of showing the character at different ages. Was I aware that I was looking at a severely CG'd version of the actor? At times, sure. For some reason they'd aged his eyes up by about 100 years, and he spent most of the film with the grazed overglaze of a blind dog staring at a lamppost, and there was one fight outside of a shop in which De Niro's real ageing body exposed his true age as he moved like a WWE wrestler with an oversized butt plug wedged up his arse, but there were definitely times that they got away with it, and it's honestly no less distracting than any other way of showing a character age. Do you really believe it when multiple actors play the same character over a period of time? I really like X-Men Days of Future Past, but if you're saying that James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart as the same character requires less suspension of belief than a de-aged Robert De Niro, then you can squeeze the mayo bottle of your life into the bin, not even onto some chips where you might be able to enjoy it, just squeeze it straight into the fucking bin because clearly you're a fucking idiot. Not that De Niro is the only actor to undergo the de-aging process, with Martin Scorsese having recruited an Avengers super team-up of acting titans for this film. Oh shit, sorry, I didn't mean to mention Marvel. What with the internet having just pissed its collective pants over Scorsese's comments about comic book movies not being cinema? To conclude that issue, I couldn't give a shit. I love Marvel movies, nothing will change that. But Martin Scorsese is arguably the world's greatest living filmmaker, and if he has an opinion, then I have to respect it. Assuming it's an opinion on film, of course. If he tells me that I'm adopted, and actually the biological brother of that really fit girl that ended up in bed with last year, then I'm not going to just believe him. I'll ask for what proof he has, then I'll burn it into oblivion before he can taint a memory that my mind palace has projected onto its walls on a fucking loop. The point is that the cast of The Irishman is genuinely incredible, with acting deities such as Rob 
Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Harvey Keitel, and that guy from Everybody Loves Raymond, all turning up to bring their absolute fucking A-game. Most of those actors have been churning out proper crap of late too, and so this movie really does feel like an absolute gift. De Niro is my all-time favourite actor, and The Irishman is what happens when the old guards remember who they are and turn up to knock it out of the fucking park. This movie is a glass of fresh water after a tough few decades of wandering through the endless desert of dross that started with Rocky and Bullwinkle and peaked with the burning hot shit of Dirty Grandpa. Not that this is a peasy online mob of dim-witted wankers that are persistently trying to take Scorsese down right now, of course. Their current criticism of the movie is that it lacks any decent female characters, with Anna Paquin's role as Robert De Niro's daughter being offensively dialogue-free. But this is to miss the entire point of the movie. Yes, it is a story that focuses on straight white men. And yes, it's a shame that most films still only seem to focus on straight white men. I am a straight white man myself, and even I'm getting bored at constantly seeing myself represented on screen. Don't forget that since the mayonnaise incident, I'm now at a point where I view my life as a blob of white slop, and I feel bad that women are being encouraged to inject dicks into their skin to stay young. But the lack of women here is a representation of all that these characters have given up to maintain their own crooked piece of shit lives. All they have is each other, and even then there's a chance that they'll end up shooting each other in the fucking head. Anna Paquin's lack of dialogue isn't a slight against women, but a judgement on the male characters that she's forced to know. Paquin's character might not say much, but her presence is felt throughout the entire movie. Counting dialogue seems pretty reductive to me, unless you're claiming that Charlie Chaplin's silent career made less of an impact on cinema than Rob Schneider's did in Juice Bigelow. Sure, Chaplin might have had that one speech about fascism in The Great Dictator, but did he ever have a dialogue scene with a woman who has a dick for a nose? Because I know a Juice Bigelow sequel in which Rob Schneider did. Whereas most gangster films put an emphasis on the riches that being a criminal will get you, The Irishman seems way more interested in the things that are lacking from these people's lives. Although it doesn't really deal with the real tragedy of being rich in a decade before the Nintendo Switch was invented. Of course, Goodfellas showed Henry Hill and his gang get their comeuppance by the end, but it still had fun depicting the excess of their lives beforehand. With their big fur coats and their faces constantly pressed into a mountain of cocaine, there were scenes in Goodfellas that looked like the trailer for fucking cats. But with Scorsese and the gang all now in their 70s and 80s, they have a more reflective and melancholic view of the chaos. The film is told in flashback with De Niro's Frank Sheeran, now old and abandoned, and with death knocking at the door, the fight for power, money and respect is suddenly made even more pathetic. Where The Irishman begins is Scorsese's return to the gangster genre, it ends as a sad musing about the pointlessness of life and the futility of all our actions. It essentially asks, what the fuck was the point of it all? And as a result of this economic alchemy, I may now only view my life as blobs of mayo, and at three and a half hours long, The Irishman will have used up a good few bottles of the stuff. But the film is a fucking masterpiece, and it was unquestionably worth every single dollop that it cost me to watch. Thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time time.